I'm just super excited. Oh, hey, there we go. <laughs> I'm just super excited that y'all are here today to celebrate uh, God. That's what we do every Sunday. And today, to remember our moms, that's what we're doing today in particular. And um, I, I think it's funny. I usually explain things like this, you know, but um, I was praying about what we we're going to talk about today. And uh, I wanted to acknowledge something that um, the truth, I think that the truth about motherhood is this. And I, I thought it was funny, by the way, earlier, Steve said, um, if all of you have moms, I've always said, I think we all have moms. Uh, unless you're not from this planet, just saying. So you got here somehow, right? Uh, praise God you're here. But moms are like that soft spot in a very hard world. I mean, you kind of see it today where we, you know, decorated for worship. It's like, it's, it's more tender. It, it's a, a little more forgiving, maybe. Uh, in a pretty hard world. And when I was looking for artwork, I thought, man, that's perfect. Like, that's what a mom looks like to me. It's like this kind of bleak landscape. And then there's this beautiful flower that doesn't really fit in very well. And uh, I know sometimes we walk on those flowers and stuff. So uh, praise God for moms. The truth is that I believe that the very best moms look like Jesus. And I don't mean it in a cliche way. I mean, when the prophet spoke about Jesus, he said he'll be like a, a, a fresh shoot coming from the ground. As a matter of fact, he says, the prophet Isaiah says, like a tender shoot, like a root springing forth from the dry ground. And I think the best of moms is like that to us in this life, like a refreshing, a refreshing place. Today, I want to acknowledge some of the hardships. Our men have done such a great job today. I was sitting there thinking, I think we might be done. I could have just gave you guys the main spot today to preach because it was so good to hear men reflecting on what what God says about mothers and men sharing their hearts about their own moms but today we're going to talk about acknowledge some of the hardships and then I want to celebrate our moms and God's great mercy through our mothers we're going to do what we always do when we enter into God's word we're going to spend some time in scripture today to see what God has to say about about moms but I'm going to ask you to pray with me that he would inspire us. We believe the Bible is inspired by God, breathed by God for our benefit, and that we can ask him to reveal wisdom through the word of God. So we can do that today. Pray with me if you would. Father, we thank you for this time together to worship you. We give you praise and glory because you're worthy. We're here. If there's no other reason than just lay ourselves before you and say you're worthy of worship, Father. We're setting aside time today to worship you because you're worthy. And we give you praise for that opportunity today. We pray, Father, if we open your holy scriptures, that you would inspire our hearts and minds. There would not be dead words on a page or some other's philosophy or thought, but the holy word of God spoken to our hearts, that we could rightly understand it, that we could be more unified with you and your understanding of who we are and who you say that we are. Father God, today as we enter into your word, may you reveal truth about moms and motherhood and our responsibilities to our moms. May you be glorified as we seek your counsel and your wisdom today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask you to turn with me, if you would, if you brought a Bible, that's awesome. If you didn't bring a Bible, grab one of ours. I'm going to ask you to turn to Ephesians 6. Ephesians is a letter that Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus. I find it striking that in here he gave advice about marriage and parenting and, and uh, um, child being, being a child as well. And we're going to talk today about some of the obligations of children from Scripture. So this is what Paul starts in, in chapter 6, verse 1. He says this, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. 
I'm going to read on. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. The, the first thing that I'm really uh, struck by is, and by the way, that, that number, uh, verses 2 and 3 is going to be our kind of structure for today. We're going to walk through. But I want to talk about one for a minute. It says, obey your parents in the Lord. I've been so blown away by the fact the privilege, the honor, but also the responsibility we've been given as parents to teach our children the faith. To, to not just say with our mouths what the faith should be, but to demonstrate with our lives what the faith looks like. And, and I know no parent is perfect, but God has given us that responsibility. I remember that last week when we were in here and our youth led the service, I remember Chris Robards at the end saying, with his mom and dad sitting here, I'm so glad you taught me the faith. And, and sometimes I think as parents, we feel like, you know, t- take our kids to church. I can't believe how many people I talk to and I say, do you go to church? And they say, no. And I say, when you have kids, we go to church. And they're like, absolutely, right? What is that? God's model for sharing the faith is through families. And here, Paul says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. I'm just struck by that opportunity that we have to uh, raise children of faith. Now, now, it's God's action, of course, that does that. But we've been each uniquely gifted and called to share our faith with our kids. Even when that faith is ugly, even when that faith is messy, even when we're not perfect, then we're not perfect parents. We're called to raise up. I'm reminded of the fact that one of the other letters that Paul wrote, is called a pastoral epistle, and he wrote it to Timothy. And I'm reminded of the fact that Timothy learned the faith through his mother and his grandmother. That's what Paul says. Timothy, Paul, this great evangelist, says, Timothy, don't forget the gospel you learned from your mom and your grandma. Right? And these women of faith, that took this God-given responsibility seriously. We're going to talk today about God's sovereignty of choice and motherhood and that opportunity that we have, okay? So he says, obey your parents, though. Obey your parents in the Lord. And I want to say to all the children in the room, and you, we're all children, right, is that it's a God-honoring act to obey your parents. And the funny thing about obedience is you don't have to understand it. You, you just have to obey it. And the very act, if you're a follower of Jesus, the very act of obedience is honoring to him. Because what you're saying is, it's not my best idea. It's not what I think I should do, but I'm going to honor you through obedience. I believe that God works through obedience. I believe that God honors those who honor him. And the word says, obey your parents. And then the third thing that Paul says in that very first line, he says, because this is right. This is right. And for Paul to say that something's right is a huge deal. Like, Paul was like the super, you know, Pharisee guy. He knew righteousness. And he knew Christ's righteousness. And he affirms here that it is right and proper to obey your parents in the Lord. We can get into caveats with that, but we don't need to all the time. We can just say we are called to honor our parents as unto the Lord, honoring God through that, okay? So now I'm going to talk about what it looks like to honor your parent. And that's what we're going to talk about today, maybe how we can do that. Verse 2 says, honor your father and mother. We're going to talk about the second part of that equation. By the way, I love that they, we book in these things with the boomerang, the baby bottle boomerang. We, we give those out on Mother's Day and we return those on Father's Day. I love that model. 
right, of recognizing our responsibility as parents together. But here he says, honor your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. And I want to talk to you a little bit about what it means to honor someone. Sometimes we think that honoring people is um, with words. I'm a words guy, right? Sometimes that's how we honor people. But you'll remember that God himself said, Jesus said that they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me, right? So it's not just enough that it's words. The biblical idea of honor your father and mother, and we're talking about honoring your mother today, the biblical idea is to, to give her a value, it means to put a price on your mother. Now, Steve has already said, not all of us had perfect moms. I don't think any of us had perfect mom, right? But what would you pay? What would you give to have your mom? Another way to look at that is, is to give a proper weight. I love that idea, to give a weight it's the same idea as payment. It's just old school. It's like the scales. What, what weight do you give her? What authority do you give her? What recognition do you give her? What substance do you offer, you know, your mother? What, what do you think she's worth? And, and then the third is, is, is striking to me. It, it's, it's a price. It's a value. It's a weight. It, it's also an, uh, an honor. It's like the, you know, I put that silly badge on there, the number one mom. You know, it's that sticker you give your mom, <laughs> right? But it's also the sense of reverence and awe. It, it means when you behold. It means to behold. I mean, the word behold is used in referring to God. And, and it's like, when you behold your mother, what do you see? honor. The interesting thing about the command to honor your mother is that it's fundamentally up to you to decide. It's like God's watching. He's like, honor your mother. And he waits to see what you think. We're going to talk about why this matters in just a second. You, you, You might have had a difficult childhood, As a matter of fact, as you look to your mom, you might struggle to understand. You might have asked the question, why? Why? Why was I born in this place, to this person, in this family? I want to share with you from the Psalms, and this is a great one. You've heard it before. It's Psalm 139. I'm going to put it up here on the screen for us to look at. But Psalm 139, verse 13 says this. Because you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. And I don't know if you've heard that verse before. You've probably heard it. And most of the time that we talk about that verse, we talk about the intricacy, the involvement of the creator of the universe in every single life that he is knitting us together in our mother's womb. And we can talk about that, looking at the baby inside mom and God's sovereign choice of life and birth and his handiwork in creating. It's a miracle every time. But I also want you to recognize that the, the, that, um, the psalmist says that you knit me together in my mother's womb. Do you see that? 
that God in his sovereignty, the one who spoke the universe, decided that your mother would be your mother. He sovereignly chose. I know that some of you longed to be parents. And for some of you, God answered that prayer. But he sovereignly chose. And we can miss that. We can assume children into our lives. The flip side, as a child, you recognize that you must recognize that God sovereignly chose your mother. And if you're a believer in Jesus, you've got to deal with that. But the flip side is, if you're here today and you're a mom, I want to talk to you for a minute. I know you, you probably think, I don't know what I'm doing. And I want to say to you, moms, God sovereignly chose you to raise one of his children. And that's amazing. Like the miracle of life that he reached into your life and knit together a child. I mean, the psalmist just blows our worldview up on this. He's like, it's totally different than you think. It's not a biological process. It's God's sovereign choice. And so, when we have a tendency to struggle with, with what our life means or why we're here, if we believe in God and if we believe in Jesus, we must recognize he's sovereign over this. He knit me together in my mother's womb. In fact, for some people who have struggled with a difficult childhood, I will offer this. The hardships in your life may very well have shaped you into the tender person that you are. The, the things that you would say, I would never choose to go through that might shape you into the tender person that God wants you to be. Or maybe in the likewise, the like way, the tenderness of your mother, the overwhelming demonstration of God's grace that she's demonstrated to you causes you to demonstrate grace to others. In all of these things, God is sovereign. But I also want to talk about the first part. It says, he knit me together. And that means that he bought and paid for my most sensitive parts. The inmost parts doesn't do it justice. It's the most tender and valuable parts of your life God created and created through your mother. And we must recognize that. Your mother's womb was a place of nurture and protection for you. As a matter of fact, I want to say this. We make much in, of the gospel and the second birth, but you realize the second birth comes after the first birth. You hear the gospel because you're here. You know your Savior because you're here. And he walked you, he protected you through that process. And, and I'll say one more thing on the psalm, and I'm going to move on to God's model for honoring your mother. But here's the truth. I've talked to many people who are despondent about life, or they're frustrated with their moms or their parents. They're sick of it or whatever, right? And I want to say that given the cultural context that we live in today where life is so cheap, you ought to be thankful because you're here. Because your mother 
chose to give you life. A God-honoring choice. And, and the truth is, in a room this size, some of you have been affected by abortion. And you're going, God, don't talk about sovereign choice and making a, a, a baby in my womb or my wife's womb or my mom's womb. Because I've screwed up, but I want to say to you, that the gospel of Jesus is enough to bring healing to every part of your life. And he's not afraid of that. But yet we honor him, and we honor those who dare to risk the ridiculous nature of parenting a child. We praise God for that. We can always be thankful simply because we were born. So, as we look to the reality, I want to show you an image, and Steve already read from it, but I want to look at it with you. So if you would turn in your Bibles to the Gospel of John, chapter 19. I mean, you can't pick a more profound moment in Scripture, and I mean all of Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament. You can't find a more profound moment than the moment of Jesus on the cross. It's what our entire faith hangs on. And I want to point out a few things here from John chapter 19, verses 25 through 27. The word says this. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother. I just want to stop right there and talk about that for a second. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother. No matter what you think about Mary and her obedience to God, and we ought to honor and respect her for obedience to God, no matter what you think about Jesus' own teaching about who his mother and brothers are, the reality of the gospel and the profound truth that John shares is that his mother had walked with him from the day of his birth through the crazy years to this moment where he was hanging on the cross, and she doesn't understand. And the scriptures say, at that moment, you'll remember that he said, all of you will betray me. At the foot of that cross, his mother was standing there with him. That's amazing. You want to know the hardship of a mother's work? I just want you to think about it for a minute from Mary's perspective. Her son the one that God said, who was born with, with, without any sexual, you know, effect of her own. Like, she was given this child from God, and she watched him grow, and she saw the miracles, and then here he is on a cross, and she's standing there in that moment. How must she have experienced it? As a mom, my baby, the son of God. I've said before to you all, there's hardly a more profound time of uselessness as a father than the moment of your child's birth. Because you realize in that moment that you have so little to do with what's about to happen. You're lucky if you're there, right? And you 
you see in a woman a strength that you will not see anywhere else demonstrated in life. Unbelievable. It's a miracle. And that strength of a mother lasts through life. And I want to say to moms who are just wore out and you're like, I can't do it. God thinks differently. I can't go there with my kids and God thinks differently. I can't last till the end. But God thinks differently. And here we have the gospel sharing us that at that moment, near the cross of Jesus, stood his mother. I want to say, too, something. It's, it's not just biological moms who are moms. And it's not just adoptive moms who are moms. For some of us who had a difficult childhood, God drew someone into our life that was a godsend, that was a miracle worker, and that walked with us through life like a mom does. That's the strength of a mom. So it's not just biological, but it's relational. And we praise God for her. Well, check it out. Verse 26. When Jesus saw his mother there, and Steve talked about this already, about what he did with John, but before that, in the middle of this eternal battle, this struggle over sin and death, this reality that Jesus had gone from the Garden of Gethsemane where he was begging that God would find another way to the moment on the cross where he'd been crucified and he was hung up on display for all to see. In that moment, Jesus sees his mother. He sees her. And that's crazy. He, he's got, I can't even fathom the eternal things that are going on in him, in the moment, in his humanity, in his fleshliness, Jesus looks and he sees his mother standing there. We had you all stand around the cross today to pray for you. And I want to tell you, as a mom, there's no better place you can be than standing at the cross of Jesus. Because if you're standing at the cross of Jesus, and if you're looking to him for help, he sees you. He sees you. And then Steve shared rightly from 27. Then to his mother he said, Dear woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. And this is the key. And from that moment on, his, this disciple took her into his home. His last act on earth was the miracle of her care. You know what's funny about this moment with Jesus, where he says, you know, this is your son, this is your mother. As the church grows and acts, and as the Holy Spirit is disseminated through all of God's people, one of the ongoing primary responsibilities of the church is to care for widows. Isn't that striking to you? That he never stops caring. That Jesus never stops, and he asks his people to never stop caring. And here, we see this care is offered. And from that time on, she was taken in, and she was taken care of. God's model for moms is that he is always there. That he sovereignly chose, and he gives you strength for the day. And I hope that in your time of need, and I know if you're a mom, you have times of need, 
you cry out to God. That you ask for his intercession and his help. The last thing, I want to come back around to the honoring your father and mother from Ephesians. The funny thing is this. It says it's the first commandment with a promise. And you can look in the Old Testament and it comes with a promise that it will go well with you. That it will go well with you in your life. I, I don't know if many of us believe that that's connected to our honoring of our parents. That if we honor our parents, it will go well for us. But the second part of that promise is this, and you will live long in the land. You will live long in the land. Those are God's promises to you if you honor your mother, that you will live long in the land, and it will go well in your life. It talks about our time on this earth will go better if we honor our parents. I think if we honor our parents, there'll be less strife, less war, less disrespect. But it's more than that. Because I believe, and I'm up here as one who doesn't do this perfectly, but I believe that if we honor our mothers, we are representing ourselves as a follower of Jesus. And as a follower of Jesus, our life does go better. And we do live longer in the land. And that's the land here and the land for eternity. Jesus says, or Paul, Paul writes and says, you, they, Jesus said, you'll, they'll, you'll, they'll, they'll know you're my disciple because of your love for each other. We are called to offer this to our mother. So the truth is this. And I want to close with this. We're going to pray. And then we're going to do some other things. But God is not just sovereign over motherhood. He's not just sovereign over us being here. But God himself is sovereign over all of our life and all of eternity. And whether you're a mom or you're a dad or you're a kid, I should have gotten all of you right there. We have an opportunity with Christ to have eternal life. And the question that I have for us and the question that I want to pray over right now is are we trusting Jesus with everything? Are we trusting Jesus with how we honor our parents and how we treat our children? How, what, what our role is in this world? What our eternal destination is? Are we trusting Jesus with all of those things? So I'm going to ask you to pray with me if you would. We're just going to ask God to spend some time with us, teaching us what we need to know. Father, today we thank you so much for your word and for the truth of your sovereignty over our very existence. And we thank you for the truth that the gospel has been brought to us that sets us free from our sin. And it's not something that we did of ourselves, but we stood at your cross and saw what you did for us. Father, we give you praise and glory for those who have come before us and who have been faithful followers of yours, who taught us the faith. Even if it's not perfect, they've shown us the way. Father God, that your Holy Spirit has worked through moms and dads and brothers and sisters to bring us to this point in life where we know you as Savior. I pray, Father, if there are those here today that don't know that and they're just like, I I don't understand this gospel thing that your Holy Spirit would teach them in their spirit who you are. That they would have a connection, a relationship with you that would change everything. And Father, I pray that by your power and your spirit, we would go and honor our mothers rightly. Oh, you would be praised. 
for your great handiwork in us. May you be glorified as we continue to seek you and praise you today. And thank you, Father, for your work in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.